With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now it's our family-friendly flooring sale. Save up to $1,000 and take advantage of our 24-month special financing on our stain-resistant carpet and stylish luxury vinyl at Flooring America. Sale ends soon, so come in today. The Rare Instant Reaction podcast following an Iowa basketball game, but this one was... Well, this one was pretty fulfilling. Iowa 84, Iowa State 68. And there won't be many more instant reaction podcasts. Probably be the last instant reaction podcast I do for Iowa basketball game. And, of course, the Iowa football game will have one there. Again, 84 to 68, the final for Iowa. I tweeted this out. This is one of the more satisfying and fulfilling Iowa games, Iowa basketball games in I I don't know how long, but it certainly was one of the more satisfying to me in a long time. There have been big wins by Iowa the last several years. I mean, it's basketball. You've got 31 games in a season, and you've got the postseason. You know, winning a game in the NCAA tournament's always a big deal. Um, but considering this game was played in Hilton Coliseum, one of the toughest places to play in all of the sport, and the fans are just so into it, and Iowa State typically plays so well at home. And this was a top 35 basketball team tonight, at least according to Ken Pomeroy's ratings. Iowa came in this game ranked 31st, Iowa State 34th. And Iowa just handled this game from the outset, obviously hitting a lot of threes early on in this contest helped their chances. But as much as anything, the biggest surprise for me was just how lackadaisical Iowa State looked in this game. I mean, Dan Dakich pointed it out. Iowa was getting all the 50-50 balls in the first half. And then, you know, the first seven or eight minutes or so of the second half, Iowa State came out and played with emotion. They played with an intensity and focus. You knew they were going to make one run at least in the second half, and they did. But Iowa punched back. The lead was cut from 21 to in the first half, late in the first half, down to seven points. I want to look up uh, if I can find the play-by-play in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I can't. This Whatever I'm having, it doesn't go back far enough. Anyway, it, the lead was down to seven, and we're like, oh, boy, here we go. But then Iowa hit some shots. Uh, Wieskamp had a shot. Frederick had a shot. Um, Garza was everywhere. Joe Toussaint had a good stretch. Connor McCaffrey played very composed. Iowa just punched back. And after that, after Iowa punched back and pushed the lead back up to 16 or 17, after it got cut to seven, Iowa State folded. They folded. And they were done. They... I, it went back to Iowa getting every 50-50 ball again. And if I'm Steve Prohm, Iowa State's coach, I'm pissed off about that. Listen, you lose some games. Sometimes it's not your night. But when you're a coach, you expect your team to give top effort every time out. There's no excuse for not hustling more, 
for not playing with emotion for the majority of the game. Iowa State, they barely showed any of that. I'm shocked by it. And I'm not throwing them under the bus. It's it's just an objective observation. Did I want Iowa to win? Of course I wanted Iowa to win. But I have a lot of respect for Iowa State's basketball program. I have a lot of respect for Iowa State's football program, for that matter, under Matt Campbell. But a lot of respect for Iowa State's basketball program because they've deserved it. They've earned it. They've been a very good program. Iowa hasn't won in that place in 17 years until tonight. But to not play... Again, I'm not trying to take anything away from what Iowa accomplished. Iowa came out and they were the aggressors for the entire game. They led for 38 minutes and 44 seconds. And the game was tied for 57 seconds. I mean, that's that's pretty much a start-to-finish effort. Iowa did a fantastic job. Scored on 53% of their possessions. 34 points in the paint. 18 second-chance points. 15 offensive rebounds. 7 out of 10 on layups. That's a good night. But for Iowa State, just to not have the effort, I I was absolutely floored by that. Iowa shot 43%. Iowa State, 42 uh, Iowa State had four more field goal attempts than did Iowa. Uh, Iowa, 10 of 28 on three-point field goal shooting. I mean, that's 36%. It's, it's good. That's a, that's a high volume. Iowa State, just 6 of 26. Iowa, 18 foul shots to 20 for Iowa State. Luca Garza, it's, this is almost, I won't say ho-hum, but it's just like another night at the at the office for Luca. 21 points, 11 rebounds, his sixth double-double of the season. Iowa's played what, 11 games? That's six double-doubles in 11 games. He's come up big in the biggest against the biggest teams. Luca is, I mean, is, is he playing to the point where he might have a legitimate shot to go pro early? I mean, if I'm him, I'm certainly going to test the waters, put my name in, go through the process like Wieskamp did last year. Uh, and like Tyler Cook did two years ago, and both of them came back, uh, he's probably playing himself into that type of position. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Gars is ready for the NBA. I don't know that he is, for one. And for two, I am not a good evaluator of that. Heck, I didn't think Jordan Bohannon would amount would amount to much in the Big Ten. So I'm certainly not going to start saying I know what a what an NBA prospect is or isn't when they're on the borderline. I mean, I, you know, I mean Halliburton's probably one and done for Iowa State, even though he didn't play all that great tonight. He can just do things that most people can't do, and that's typically your your player that goes early. Luca, you know. If this were 1989 or 1979, heck, maybe even 1999, Luke is probably going pro early and he might get drafted in the first round. Because the game of basketball in those eras still included running through the post, still included, uh, it was very important for the building blocks of your offense and your team to have a very competent big man. I wouldn't say that's the case much anymore. And I don't, most of you listening to this watch far more NBA than I do. I just watch highlights. I don't, I couldn't tell you the last NBA game I sat down and watched from start to finish. I don't know. 
Jordan was still in the league. Michael Jordan was still in the league. Uh, man, you know, I watched some Sacramento King playoff games back in the early 2000s, but um, not many. Not many. Maybe a LeBron James game when he was at Cleveland the first go-around when he was still a novelty. But I, I don't know that Luca. I, I, I do know that the analytics aspect to today's professional basketball game uh, de-emphasizes the importance of a traditional center. I mean, if you got a Pau Gasol or somebody like that, a Pau Gasol in his prime, that can stretch it out and shoot. Now, Luca's ability to shoot the three certainly will help him. But I would say right now, gun to my head, I would expect Garza to be back next year. He's just playing incredibly well. Uh, Wieskamp was, you know, inconsistent early, but then he stepped up and made some some good shots. He had 13 and 8. Connor McCaffrey uh, with 12 and 7. And I thought he played a really heady floor game tonight. Joe Toussaint at times looks fantastic, and then other times says, like, "Bro, just slow down, slow down." Bohannon, Jordan Bohannon, this probably, in my opinion, was the last game he's going to play this year. My guess is he's going to redshirt. Um, twelve points, two of twelve shooting, um, six of six from the line, and a nice little blow and a kiss to the Iowa State student section on his last free throw late in the game, a la Georges Niang in Iowa City a few years ago. So Jordan Bohannon answering back to that. Um, Frederick, man, I love watching Frederick play. He is he is just that gym rat kind of player. And comes out of Kentucky. He's the kind of guy that I could see in a Kentucky uniform. Obviously, you know, this era of Kentucky basketball, maybe not as much just because of how they're recruiting the five stars all everywhere. But back in the day, you know, the Unforgettables, um, you know, 80s, he, he, he seems like just like a Kentucky role player. Like he could have walked on and made an impact. But I'm glad he's at Iowa because this, this kid is just so much fun to watch. He, he moves so well. He's got a good stroke. This, this, the, one of the main reasons why I recorded this podcast tonight was because I was trying, I started to type something four or five times on Twitter, but I couldn't say it well enough in print, so I deleted it. Before the season began, I didn't think this team had a snowball's chance to make it to the NCAA tournament. I still don't think they will, because I think Jordan Bohannon is going to be done for the year. That's just my guess. And it seems very likely. So without Bohannon, and in a Big Ten that's really, really good, really good. Illinois knocks off Michigan at home last night after having some ugly losses early in the year. As they pointed out in the broadcast tonight, you know, before tonight began, Big Ten home teams were 10 and 0. It's 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 the best league in college basketball this year. Certainly right now it is. So I I I think I was really going to struggle to win any more than 7 or 8 games in this league. Maybe with Bohannon, they could have got to 8 or to 11. Maybe snuck into the NCAA tournament on the bubble. But that's a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And certainly a lot better than I thought they were going to be after the, the DePaul debacle. And I'm curious right now. I'm going to pull up my trusty KenPalm.com. I'm really going to miss KenPalm.com when I go into my hibernation state. And See, I keep thinking I'm going to like 
stay away from things. I'm, I'm definitely going to be, you know, a stranger, if you will, on Twitter. You won't probably see me for for quite a while around there, but I, I still intend to read. So, Iowa, DePaul, let me see what you're doing, DePaul. DePaul finally lost a game. Uh, they beat Texas Tech, as did Iowa. Uh, they beat Minnesota. They beat Iowa. They lost to Buffalo on Sunday, December the 8th. So, DePaul's 9-1. and one. Solid team. I wouldn't say a great team. And Iowa had a bad night that night. But Iowa's at 8-3. and three. And, you know, Pomeroy's projections before the game tonight, and they projected Iowa to lose this game, had Iowa like 18-13. and 13. I, I think they're going to be maybe 15-16-17 without Bohannon. But I will say this. They, they are much better than I thought they would be. They might wind up finishing about what I thought they would be because I factored in that Bohannon wasn't going to be available. So this gives you a little bit of a glimpse as to what time of te- type of team this could have been had Bohannon been healthy. And Bohannon hasn't been healthy. So they could, you know, if Bohannon was 100%, it would be even better. But since this is going to be my last basketball podcast, I want to have you picture this next year. Fifth-year senior Jordan Bohannon. Frederick's a sophomore. Wieskamp's a junior. McCaffrey's a junior. Garza is a senior. Joe Toussaint is a sophomore. That's a pretty good core. That's a pretty good core. And I was got a, Iowa has a, a salty recruiting class coming in. Some guards coming in. Couple of solid forwards coming in. I think that's a pretty salty team next year. I, that looks like an NCAA tournament team to me, especially if Bohannon can get back to where he's a hundred percent healthy. That sounds like a fun winner next year. Got to get through this one though. See if Garza can make it through in one piece. Look like he lost a tooth out there. That Joe Wieskamp knocked that tooth out. But what what a satisfying and fulfilling victory that was for Iowa. That's probably going to be it. Otherwise, I'm going to keep rambling. There's still going to be several more podcasts to come out this month. Several with me, um, waxing poetic solo, um, having a a rather lengthy uh, thank you edition of the podcast to a number of people that I want to thank who've been um, involved in what you've seen of my life for the last 20 years. So I definitely want to thank some people before I go. and um, So I'll be here a little bit longer, and we'll talk to you soon.